welcome to Infinite Possibilities, the Game Changer series with me, Dr. Marina Nani and Rich Woman Magazine. If you look around and wonder how some people are so successful so quick while others still struggle, perhaps it's time to find out the inside story of personal brand strategies. Every story brings a new perspective, greater truths that sit at the core of personal branding. We go around the world together and talk with influencers, elite leaders, visionaries, artists, scientists, icons, and everyday heroes about the intentional decision to influence the public perception of their uniqueness and access infinite possibilities. Our journey takes us today all the way to Singapore, where we meet Andrew Bryant. Andrew Bryant is the number one global speaker on self-leadership, a C-suite advisor, an award-winning coach, and the best-selling author. Andrew is on a mission to wake people up to their best possible selves and has been doing this for 25 years through his books, conferences, keynotes, leadership team facilitation, and executive coaching. He is external faculty for several universities and contributes to women and leadership programs, but is most proud of the work he does building self-esteem and confidence for at-risk teenagers. I remember a couple of years back when he signed a pledge to never speak on a platform where there are no women speakers. English at birth, Australian by passport, Brazilian by wife, with clients from Singapore to Silicon Valley. In my humble opinion, the most experienced self-leadership consultant, Andrew, is driven by commitment to his life calling. He is not just an executive coach and professional speaker. In this exclusive interview, which I hope to inspire our listeners, Andrew blends constructive realism with humor, self-awareness, and clarity. The author of Self-Leadership, How to Become a More Successful, Efficient, and Effective Leader from the Inside Out, Andrew gained a solid reputation through his ability to inspire people, to question conventional wisdom, and embrace change resulting in positive outcomes. Authentic and brave, Andrew Bryant never lost his British humor and kindness, and he gratefully accepted to be the keynote speaker at the first 24-hour self-leadership summit on Clubhouse the day before his leaving Asia after almost two decades. A world-class conscious influencer, Andrew has my gratitude for serving a new generation of self-leaders in a diverse, digital, sophisticated world which is struggling to bounce back post-pandemic. Welcome to Infinite Possibilities. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. You've been studying and inventing and reinventing and imagining and reimagining self-leadership for over two decades. What is self-leadership? I think that's a great question. When I first started researching and writing about self-leadership over 20 years ago, I thought I had invented the term because it, it just wasn't being talked about. It turns out that even though I talked about self-leadership in 1999, a gentleman by the name of Charles Mance had defined it in 1983 
as the practice of self-leadership. I started teaching and coaching self-leadership, as I said, in 1999. I came across Dr. Anna Kazan, or to be more truthful, Dr. Anna Kazan approached me and said, you know, she liked my work on self-leadership. Could we collaborate? And we wrote a book that was published in 2012 that has a definition, which is now, if you Google self-leadership, you should get this definition, which is the practice of intentionally influencing your thinking, feeling, and actions towards your objectives. So it's a build on Charles Mann's. It is a practice of self-influence, your thinking, feeling, and actions towards your objectives. So self-leadership is always directionalized towards the future. Now, lots of people are talking about self-leadership, using this as a term now, which I'm excited about. I, I, I think though, however, not everybody understands the psychological, anthropological constructs that go into self-leadership. So self-leadership contains three foundations, self-awareness, right? Am I aware of my thinking and feeling? Self-regulation, am I managing my emotions and my actions? And self-learning, am I taking ownership of the feedback, making the adjustments to move me towards the best version of myself? Now, I teach self-leadership to at-risk teenagers, but to C-level executives. And in organizations, we use psychometrics to measure personality. I have created the world's first ever situational judgment test for self-leadership so that you know, when I'm assessing an executive for their self-leadership, they go into a, a simulation online where they're shown a critical incident that could happen anywhere in any workplace. And then they're asked to evaluate how they would respond. And then they get a report, which I, they can read themselves or I can debrief for them, which shows them how well they're doing in their self-awareness, their self-regulation and their self-learning, and therefore how they can improve their self-leadership. You see, we are all self-leaders. We're not all necessarily practicing self-leadership and we're not necessarily at our best level of self-leadership yet. Starting from the understanding that personal branding is your story, you are your story. What is your take? I think we are all our own story. The reality is that you know, all of us are sitting in the front seat of the theater of our lives as we experience what life has to dish up to us in terms of relationships and challenges. And the question is what narrative, what story we tell ourselves about what happens to us from from birth to death, from the moment we become self-aware that it is a narrative and we can choose to frame that any which way we want. And that is the, the beginning of self-leadership. What is the role of personal branding in self-leadership? Well, personal branding, of course, is a, is a result of self-leadership. If we think about the concept of brand, actually that's not normally up to us. So personal brand is what people say about you. In fact, Jeff Bezos said, personal brand is what they say about you after you leave the room. I work with senior leaders teaching themselves leadership so that they develop a personal brand which will open doors. So you can use personal brand, not just to have people say the right thing about you when you leave the room, but personal brand gets you into the room in the first place. So whilst, what a brand is, is what other people say about us. Our internal narrative, the way we see ourselves, projects our brand. I personally think about myself, my own personal narrative is that I'm a catalyst for change. I know that 
I, I'm driven by helping people to transform and to change. But that's what I think. And you can't give yourself your own nickname at, at high school. <laughs> people will give you the nickname that they want to give you. So I went out to market and I, I, used, I used a marketing company to go out to 500 of my clients and survey them their experience of, of me and my organization and the work I'd done for them. And they were asked to describe me in three adjectives. And by the way, this is something anybody listening to this can do. Go to your friends and say, describe me in three adjectives. Well, I was fortunate I had a marketing company do this for me. They went out to 500 people. They got the three adjectives, but they put the adjectives through a word cloud generator or a word cloud analyzer. And they came up with three clear words that my clients think about me, which is transformation, ownership, and impact. Now, you know, I was looking for ROI for my clients, but I actually got TOI, transformation, ownership, and impact. And I was so happy to get this because I could say, well, these are my values. But when my clients say, this is my experience, we experience transformation with Andrew. Andrew challenges us to take ownership. And because of that transformation and ownership, there is an impact to our lives, our business. And so now I know that I am living a personal brand that my clients resonate with. That is very clear and profound at the same time. You are making a big change in your life. How do you think self-leadership changed your personal branding? Well, I've been studying, talking, coaching about self-leadership for over 20 years. And so you know, I'm constantly living it. And the definition of self-leadership that I coined in my 2012 book with Dr. Anna Kazan was the practice of intentionally influencing your thinking, feeling, and actions towards your objectives. And the key word here is practicing. We have to practice self-leadership every day. Just as we take a shower every day, I don't take a shower here in Singapore today, tomorrow I will stink. If we don't take a self-leadership shower, our attitude stinks. So I practice what I preach. So the, the change that you're referring to is after 18 years here in Singapore, I'm moving my life to Portugal. And of course, whenever you make a major change of country, that's stressful. You know, there was buying real estate in a different country during the midst of a, a pandemic. There was, you know, organizing my clients, allowing them to understand that everything is virtual. You know, there was banking, there's finance. And then, you know, finally, there's packing your life up um, into a 40-foot container and sending it across. And the important thing is just to notice the narrative, right? Is this a stress or is this an opportunity? Am I... Am I regretting? Am I feeling disorientated that everything's not where I want it to be right now? Or is this just a, a wonderful cathartic transformation? Was it annoying that I had to go through old paperwork and throw it away because I didn't want to transport it? Or was it an amazing piece of minimalization and going, well, you know, now I can let go an, el an element of my past and start a new chapter of my life. So how I change the narrative for myself changes the experience. And so right now, yesterday, we gave the keys to our, our house in Singapore back to the landlord. And now I am without a home here in Singapore until I arrive in my home in Portugal. Now, there's getting on the airplane and getting off the other side, all the things that you know, we have to do. But I'm just looking forward to a new chapter of my life. That's the narrative I'm telling myself. Wow, Andrew. I really appreciate you being in a hotel room between... Uh 
poems <laughs> between <laughs> chapters of your life. This is a beautiful story on its own and shows your determination to experience self-leadership because the upcoming event we are hosting and where you are our VIP keynote speaker, we are going to hear more about self-leadership. How is self-leadership influencing your life? Influences my life. As I said, it's the practice. I would no more or give up self-leadership as I would give up showering to my previous analogy is that self-leadership is about living life awake. You know, it is about being self-aware. It is about being conscious. It's about being intentional. So, so much of our life is out of our control, right? We are born. And as far as I know, I have friends. And in fact, I know one other speaker on, on the summit who, you know, has the belief system that, you know, we choose this life. I certainly have no awareness of choosing the time, place of my life, my parents. I'm of the opinion that, you know, my nationality, ethnicity, gender is an accident of birth. And then I need to to work with that accident. And the moment that we have an idea of what we want to do, we change the causal chain of our lives. So, you know, if you are, you know, you're born wherever you are in the world where you're born, you know, there's kind of a narrative has already been mapped out for you. But with self-leadership, you say, well, you know, I like this, or I like some of this, or I don't like any of this. And here's what I'm going to try. I'm going to experiment with something new. And if that works for me, I'm going to adopt that. If it doesn't work for me, I'm not going to adopt it. I'm, I'm going to try something new so that life is constant iteration. And, and even when things go badly, I have a 3A acronym that I teach my coaching clients, which is AAA, accept it is what it is. Adjust. You can make an adjustment of your thinking, your feeling and your actions, and then advance towards your objectives. Because at the heart of self-leadership is an intentionality towards an objective. We're not just turning up in life and seeing what life offers. We're saying, no, I'm looking around at what life offers and I'm saying, I want to go there. I want to experience that. I mean, just the simple analogy of me saying, okay, you know, I'm born in England. I, I lived 18 years in Australia. I now lived 18 years in Singapore. Now I'm going to go try a new country. That didn't just happen. I had to set that as an intention. And I think so many people fall into a job, fall into a career, and, and they go, ah, oh, well, you know, I invested three years at university in studying that, or five years at university. I, 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 I should, probably should follow it through. My first degree is physiotherapy. My second degree is in traditional Chinese medicine, specializing in acupuncture. I don't practice either of those anymore. I, I said, well, that was a great experience, but I'm going to choose to do something else. I'm going to be intentional about expanding my awareness and expanding my experience. And most importantly, you know, I, I get excited now, you know, at my mature years, turning 60 next month, I get excited about transforming other people's lives. And in fact, just a quick story. I, I had breakfast this morning with two beautiful young people who were mentors from a bank at a um, program that I used to run for at-risk, disadvantaged teenagers, teaching them self-leadership. And this bank used to bring these mentors in to help the teenagers I would run the program and then I would coach both the mentors and the students around self-leadership. And these two young banks met each other on my course, fell in love, and they got engaged. And they wanted to take me out for breakfast this morning to say, you know, we thank you. We got engaged and, and what you taught us has set us up for our, our life together. And this, this for me is just, you know, my heart explodes with joy that I didn't know I had impacted them this way. 
And as you say, you know, we all impact people. We, we impact people on, you know, maybe we just impact somebody at the supermarket if we smile at the checkout and say, have a great day. But in this case, I, I've impacted these people's lives and this is just one snippet. And that's why I live my life with self-leadership. Wow, Andrew, I have to say this. <laughs> and perhaps you don't know because that's not your job to know. But after the interview we, we, we had with you, couple of years ago, I decided that I'm going to organize a big event on self-leadership. Took me a long time, <laughs> but here we are. And I'm really humbled and grateful for you inspiring me and giving me direction. Because before I heard you, I bought every single program in the self-development space. And I got confused all the time till I heard you and I realized that there is no secret. That big secret people are talking about, it's me. I am the best kept secret. And I want to thank you for that. Now, yes, the mic is yours. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say that it's abs absolutely my pleasure. And I didn't know that. And thank you. Thank you for sharing. Look, you know, there's a lot of people that might be listening to this who might be you know, fans of the book and the philosophy of The Secret. And of course, with you saying there is no secret, it might upset a bunch of people. But here's the thing, you know, the big secret. What is the big secret? I remember, like you, in my younger years, reading everything I could on self-development, personal development, psychology, neurolinguistic programming, neurosemantic hypnosis, everything I get my hands on. And, and I, I sat back and reflected, having you know, gone through Think and Grow Rich and all of these books. I was sort of considering the pattern of all these books. It really just dawned on me that it, it, the secret, if there is a secret, is this. Decide what it is that you want to do, have, or achieve. More importantly, who do you want to be? Then calculate the price to get from where you are to get there. So whether that price is studying, getting a degree, traveling to a different country, changing yourself, you know, creating a new relationship, getting out of a relationship, whatever that price is, calculate it and then pay the price and if you follow those three steps every single success literature that i've ever read fundamentally if you break down the chapters they say this decide where you want to go work out what's needed to do that and then do it and you've got to do it without complaining and without negotiation and one of the things i notice as a coach is often the people who come to me and say well i did everything but i didn't succeed and i go what did you negotiate and they look at me very strangely and say, what did you compromise on? What did you say that I'm not going to do that step? And then they own up to the step that they didn't do. And I said, well, that's the very reason why you didn't get where you wanted to be. And, and that's a deeper, meaningful truth to anybody listening to this right now is to look at if you are not where you want to be, right? What step did you negotiate? What did, what did you blame or expect somebody else to do for you? I mean, that's a great one for marriages, isn't it, right? You know, we all expect our spouses to make us happy. Well, that's an absolute rubbish. You'll never have a happy marriage if that's your expectation. What do you need to do to have a happy marriage, happy relationship, happy business, business partnership? Is As you just realized, it's down to you. What's the step you need to take without blame, without complaining, and without negotiation? You are talking about changing the status quo? What drives you to change the status quo? Well, back to my opening of my own internal narrative, I think that I always feel like I'm a catalyst for change. 
was Carl Jung that said the meeting of two personalities is like the meeting of two chemical substances. If there is any interaction, both are transformed. So I think if I'm meeting somebody and, and I'm not inviting them to change, to grow, to see more of the world, then what was the point of that interaction? And so this, this drives me because I see it. And, you know, the story I just shared of the two people, the two lovely, well, the lovely couple, rather, I had breakfast with, is, is it just makes it worth it. Then if you zoom out to the bigger picture from the individual lives we touch to the global perspective, I, I go back to December 24th, 1968. And, and you may not remember why that date was important, but on December the 24th, 1968, Apollo 8 came around the moon for the very first time and gave us that iconic photograph that we are all familiar with known as Earthrise. And you see this photograph at the surface of the moon and there is three quarters of a blue green planet suspended in space. And that is the first time human beings got the true universal perspective, right? Because in every religion on the planet, we have an upwards orientation to our deities. We look up to the heavens. We don't look down to the heavens, do we? We look up to the heavens. So if we are standing on the heavens, looking down upon this planet, we have a, a true universal consciousness perspective. And we see this blue-green planet, this singular satellite traveling through space. And we should have, as a species had a revelation, had an epiphany, had a waking up, one life, one tribe, one planet, one future. Now, if we're not waking up to that, and it's 2021 now, that was way back in 1968, and we're still seeing increasing divisiveness. People are blue or red or they're, you know, they're various, whatever affiliations that they have, they're believers in this and non-believers in this. And this differentiation of us as a species is, of course, tearing us apart. And if I can wake people up to say, look, the true definition of humility is, is having an accurate, neither overestimated nor underestimated view of your own abilities and the ability to consider other people's perspectives as equally valid as your own. Until we wake up and realize that my experience is only a narrative and therefore somebody else's experience is their narrative. If we can wake up and talk about these narratives and say, well, how, how do we get these narratives to collaborate? That's when we, we make a new epiphany, a new transformation, and we stop this petty squabbling. And if I can do a small piece to wake some people up, then I have left the world a better place for my children. What is the price you had to pay to embrace self-leadership and make it your life mission? Yeah, I thought about this question and, you know, I could talk about, you know, I've had business failures, I've had relationship failures that, you know, I, I have had to face. I thought about, you know, is it the death of ego? No, I, you know, I, I don't think it is. I think the price I had to pay is the price of being right. And this will seem a little paradoxical, but, you know, if we are constantly trying to be right, we immediately ostracize everybody else. And, and that's been a hard price for me because I've been blessed with a, with a good brain. I'm well-educated and I'm curious and I'm constantly studying. And I have an aptitude for taking in new knowledge and connecting the dots. And I'm very grateful that, you know, I was born with that setup and that wiring. 
And of course, the, but the, the, the curse of that is because I have a quick brain and I'm a good speaker is, you know, and, and I can influence people. It's very easy for me to get on my high horse and be right. And I can push an argument and I can convince people, but at what cost? Because, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to embrace the message because they're going to feel I cajole them. Whereas if I can give up my need to be right, I can allow other people to find their truth. And that's when the transformation happens. And this is when I stopped being as much of a speaker as more of a coach. Well, I am a coach, but you know, I mean, I, I do both. And they're very different skill sets. Speaking and coaching, one is much more listening. Well, one is almost all listening. When I gave up the need to be right and helped other people find what was right for them, that's when the, when the shift happened. So that was the price I paid. And as you say, once you've paid that price, the benefit, the return on investment for that is huge. You don't worry about it. But it's in the process that you are paying that price. It was hard for me, particularly when I was younger and more arrogant, to give up the need to be right. Awaken the leader within. Listening is so important. And listening to the most important story you're ever going to listen is the story you tell yourself about yourself when nobody is listening. I think it's a great time for humanity. On the 20th of July, we are celebrating 52 years since man landing on the moon. That was my, my awakening moment because to me, suddenly the stars became real. And we are celebrating this on the 20th. And I hope this will inspire a lot of people to dream big and get closer to where they belong. What are the changes you want to see in the world, Andrew? Well, firstly, thank you for sharing that story. I remember watching the moon landing from the gymnasium of my school as we all sat on the floor and there was a black and white television. So I remember that day very well. What are the changes I want to see? Well, I would love to see the banning of stupidity. I mean, I really would. I would just... You know, we're such an intelligent species and yet we do some incredibly dumb things. And this last 18 months of the pandemic, you know, with people politicizing scientific knowledge, you know, we went to the moon because of science. We didn't go to the, the moon because of a ritual or because of a political party. We went to the moon because of science. We have accelerated, you know, a vaccine because of science and Unfortunately, I mean, I imagine people even listening to this will immediately now hate me because I think we need to embrace the science and we need to grow up. We, we are still hanging on to very limiting beliefs as a species, beliefs that enabled us to come together in tribes, you know, rituals and processes and beliefs that allowed us to exist in a scary world that we didn't understand. But now we do understand the world. We, we are beginning, we understand psychology and sociology and anthropology and mythology and biology. And we, we understand these things and we need to use them and say, well, now that we have this, we now have the big questions. How do we live together as a species? Now, in self-leadership, the, the self-leadership exercises, what's my best possible self, right? Because as a self-leader, as of the moment we have an idea of improving, we change the causal chain. I, you know, everything that happens to me to this point is, you know, to a large point, programmed by my biology, by my upbringing. But the moment I say, well, I want to go there, I want to do something different, then we can frame that as what's the best version of me that I want to be. 
And of course, you know, as I move into the next decade, I want to be healthy. I want to be vibrant. I want to be traveling. I want to be getting new experiences. I want to make new learnings. I'm going to write new books. But why don't we doing that as a, as a species? You know, the change I want to see in the world is having those conversations. When we turn on the news, instead of just hearing the bad news, just hearing people slagging each other off, as we would say in England, I want to hear the conversations. Who's thinking about what's the best future for human beings? We have AI, we have automation, machine learning. We are going to not have to do as much manual labor. We have the science to feed everybody on the planet. We have the science to get rid of poverty, have food, and we're not having that conversation. And that is the change. The more people we can wake up to have the conversation, what is the best version of us as a species, right? What is, where are we going? And we're not having that conversation. Very few people are having that conversation. It's not being had in open forums. And if you're you know, with your friends tonight, you've, or this morning when you hear this podcast, sit around, you know, you know, choose your drink of choice, whether it's a fresh juice from, from a, your favorite fruit or whether it's a glass of wine from your favorite vineyard, have a discussion with your friends. What's the best version of us? And that's the change I want to see. I, I learned so much from you along the way, even you have no idea how much you impacted not only my life, but uh, the lives of other people I impact myself without knowing. It is the butterfly effect. And thank you for your honesty and for the, the way you make everything so clear. This is self-leadership mastery. I'm very grateful and I hope our listeners will be able to connect with you. I hope they will come and have a little bit more of this self-leadership mastery on the 20th of July. But if they miss this, and a lot will miss this, because I really think the 8 billion people, they will all should listen to what you just said. If they miss you, where they can find you and have some? Well, I'm across all the platforms. My website is selfleadership.com. That's really easy. My YouTube channel, you can shortcut to that through selfleadership.tv. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at selfleadership. I'm on LinkedIn under my name. And of course, for the summit, I'm on Clubhouse under my name, Andrew Bryant as well. So for everything else, it's just, in fact, if you just Google self-leadership, you're going to find Andrew Bryant, because this has been the last 20 plus years of my life. Thank you for dedicating your genius to a great cause. Until next time, from both of us, is goodbye. Goodbye. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, 
a niche magazine or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or follow the link in the episode description.